0: Aren't you glad we don't live in Phoenix? 23 days of 110 plus in Phoenix. We've only had eight days of 110 plus. Don't look at me so shocked, everybody, okay? Oh, boy, it's been hot. But the good news is the rain has started. Amen? Aren't you glad? All right, enough on today's weather report. Let's jump into God's weather report. Sound good? All right, so I want to talk to you. Last week, I gave a message on faith and agreement, talking about the power of faith and prayer and agreement. And uh, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and maybe watch or listen to that. But today, I want to talk to you about faith that perseveres. How many of you know it's not how you start the race, but it's how you finish the race, right? It's not enough to pray a prayer once, oftentimes we have to contend in prayer and persist in prayer before we see the answer to prayer. And so I want to talk to you about persevering faith today and faith that is persistent. I'm going to use the story of the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, if you've got your Bibles, go there, and we'll be looking at verses 21 through 28. And I, I love this story here. It's a, I'm going to really try to unpack it today. But this woman, she had great faith and perseverance. She didn't allow shame, low self-esteem, or frustration with God hold her back from receiving God's grace. Have you ever been frustrated with God? The rest of you, I, well, okay. I, if we were honest, I think most of us have questioned God at some point in time. If not, God, why? Aren't you glad he loves us so? All right, let's read this story, and I'll unpack it a little bit more. Then Jesus went out from there, Matthew 15, 21, and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. I think I might write a book someday, The Hard Sayings of Jesus. This is right up there. Verse 27, and she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, "O woman. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is just an amazing story. Jesus and his disciples ventured into the region of Tyre and Sidon. They wanted a time of rest and privacy. There's a parallel passage, by the way, in Mark 7, 24, that uh, talks about how he entered a house for privacy and to be alone with his disciples. Jesus was not ministering on this day. It's okay to take a rest. It's okay to take a little vacation, okay? And Jesus is taking a little time out, him and the disciples. Yet this woman comes, and she is determined she's going to have a prayer answered. And her faith, by the way, really is exemplified in Jeremiah 29, 13. I think most of you know this verse. It says, the prophet said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. There is a place of seeing breakthrough and seeing answers when we go after God with all of our heart. It requires faith and perseverance, but it requires a determination that I know God wants to answer and I'm going to grab a hold, if you will, an Old Testament expression, the horns of the altar and I'm not going to let go until you bless me, God. If I've got to wrestle with you all night, God, I'm going to wrestle until the answer comes, the breakthrough comes. And by the way, if you wrestle with him all night, you're probably going to walk with a limp afterwards. And I've heard it said, and it's true, never trust a person who doesn't walk with a lip. There's a place of pursuing God where we're not the same after that. There's a brokenness that happens. There's a humility that happens. There's a surrender that happens. And so this Canaanite woman, she's at a disadvantage, and let me explain why. Why? Again, in this moment of rest for Jesus and the disciples, this woman found him and cried out for his help, and she came with many disadvantages. And by the way, I've I've actually already written this sermon up. It'll go out as an article this week if you want to really get all the notes, kind of sort through this. First of all, she's a woman. In Israel in those days, women were expected to keep quiet and remain a little distant. In fact, they weren't even really allowed to get educated or be taught by a rabbi. And so she unashamedly is approaching this teacher. Secondly, she was a Canaanite of Greek descent. She was a Gentile woman. She was not part of the people of Israel. She lacked, if you will, the necessary credentials. She wasn't part of the 12, nor of the 70, nor of the 500. According to Jewish law, she didn't have a part or rightful inheritance in the Jewish covenants. She's a Gentile. Lastly, her third disadvantage, she's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Have you ever felt like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time with God? By the way, his timing is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Jesus isn't out preaching or ministering to the people that day. He's withdrawing, as I said. He's resting. So she's got all these disadvantages, yet she cries out for help. You see it in Matthew 15, 22. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Now, by the way, we, maybe our Western culture, aren't very familiar with maybe people being demonized. But I've ministered enough places, both here in the U.S. and around the world, where when people are severely demonized, you will, family will do whatever they can to help their family member get free. The enemy doesn't fight fair. I'll just say that. Now, she cries out, Son of David. And that's a messianic title, if you will. She's actually more aware of who he is. This is the promised Messiah. That maybe even the Pharisees, the religious ones. Yet, despite her disadvantage, she finds the courage to cry out desperately to Jesus because of the torment her daughter was in. You see, desperation, hear this, is a catalyst for faith. When we reach the end of ourselves, that's usually when we really reach out to God. Yet God, what he's really after, is that we're on top of the mountain we're crying out to him. Human nature is such, though, that we typically wait till we're going through it. There's an old saying there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> if you're under fire and everything looks like, believe me, you're going to cry out to God. But desperation is a factor. Now, perhaps you're here today, you feel unworthy to come to Jesus. Listen, I want you to know you are worthy. Doesn't matter what your background is, your family lineage, doesn't matter what you did yesterday, this morning, whatever, you are worthy. In fact, Jesus would say earlier in Matthew's gospel, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, he said, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the Lord's heart, amen? But here's the thing, we have to push aside our pride, our self-reliance, and determined to pursue God alone. We are positioning ourselves then, when we do that, to come boldly to the throne of grace, to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need, Hebrews 4.16. We've got to push past it. Our self-reliance, our independence, our American spirit, if you will, at times hinders us from seeing a breakthrough with God. We have enough prosperity and success here and medical and all kinds of stuff. And I thank God for the doctors and hospitals and medical treatment. But sometimes we are not to the place where it's like, if God doesn't break through, I I don't have any other help. Government can't help. Banking system can't help. Only God alone in the end is going to be our help. You see, apart from Christ, none of us can approach God. But the cross of Christ, his death and resurrection, has removed the barrier. And on that ground, every person, past, present, and future, has a right to come before the Father. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is King David. You read through the Psalms and just his heartfelt prayers and cries to God, and and one of my favorites is Psalm 34, 6. David says this, this poor or humble man cried out, and the Lord heard him. He's speaking of himself and saved him out of all his troubles. David penned these words right after he pretended madness between a Philistine king, Abimelech, trying trying to find favor in the foreign land, right? And so David knew that When he cried out, the Lord would hear him and save him. Listen, folks, Jesus is near. Cry out to him. He longs to deliver you from your trouble. His kingdom is at hand. His power is at hand. And as I shared last week, he is God Almighty. He is El Shaddai, right? The one who is ever-present, all-powerful, all-knowing. He knows our, our sitting down, our rising up. He knew how he created us. He knew how he wired us. He knows what we're going through. He sees the trouble you're going to be in tomorrow, and yet he also sees the victory on the other side. And so when we get ourselves anchored around him and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Lord, you see this situation. You see what my loved one's going through. You see the trials and traumas in life God will use, so we'll cry out and seek his presence. Doesn't mean God brought the trial, although he will bring trials at times. But he'll use everything and work it for our good. Some grow bitter and sad when they go through trials. No, no, what's the scripture tell us? Rejoice when you're going through that fiery trial. Not because of the trial, but rejoice because of Him. We have a Savior, a healer. We have the Almighty God who's for us if you know Christ and have given your life to Him. So don't grow bitter. Wait on God, and you will see the breakthrough in His timing, and God will be glorified. This woman, she broke all the rules of culture and religion. She didn't say the Lord is Jewish, and I'm a pagan Gentile woman. He won't have anything to do with me. No, she came because her daughter was suffering, and she she knew he was the answer. How desperate are you today to see your answer fulfilled? How humble are you willing to become? How low are you willing to go? And I believe this is a word he's challenging many in the body of Christ in this moment. He's, I believe God is getting ready to set the stage for one of the most massive, amazing outpourings of his spirit the world has ever known. But he's going deep in the hearts, my heart included. He's going deep, and he's saying, how hungry are you? How desperate are you? How Willing are you to let go of the cares, the hurts, the traumas, the offense the baggage that we carry, how willing are you to lay it at the cross, the foot of the cross, and say, Jesus, it's you and you alone. Fill me with your love, your power, your grace. Help me to look at others with your love and your grace. God, change me. Rearrange me. God, if it takes all night, if it takes all summer, if it takes the rest of the year, God, do what you need to do. Amen. And guess what? When churches corporately begin to cry out in the same fashion, yes. Amen. The gates of hell, believe me, they tremble. Have you ever had the silence of God? Matthew 15, 23, he answered her, not a word. Can you imagine? Maybe you've been in that place. You're praying, you've been praying. I don't hear anything. He's not answering. How difficult when we only hear the silence of God. Sometimes the Lord delays his answer, and his first answer is silence. We live in a busy, information-packed world. We have a lot of noise. TV's on, music on, this on, phones beeping, gonging, you know, texts, all kinds of stuff, emails, right? We got all this stuff going on. We don't like silence. And especially when the silence is from God. See, if there's pride in the heart, we may become offended at the silence and delays of God. But God will use the delays to mold us more into his likeness. Perhaps you're experiencing the silence of God in this season. The silence of God will test our hearts to see if we truly trust him and will stand in faith for the answer. Sometimes the silence is part of the process of, that God uses to refine the hearts and expose in our hearts. God already knows what's in our hearts. We have to sometimes see it. And sometimes, folks, and again, I'm not immune from this, it's a little ugly, isn't it? Can everybody just admit for a moment, you know, sometimes it's a little ugly. Right there. You know, I asked the Lord one time in this passage a few years ago, I said, God, this is just a hard passage of Scripture. You didn't answer her. Now, I'll unpack some of the reason here in a minute. But, I, Lord, what, what's going on? And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Bob, the moment she came to me, I wanted to give her what she wanted. Like the centurion in Matthew 8, I wanted others to see her great faith. God already knew. But he allowed her to go through the process Of faith and perseverance before he gave the answer. You see, this woman came to him, and though she heard nothing at first, she was determined to receive from God. But sadly, at the silence of God, many people give up. There's a delay. Delay and silence sometimes go hand in hand. There's a delay. The answer hasn't come. The healing hasn't come. The miracle hasn't come. The the financial breakthrough hasn't come. The, The relationship situation hasn't changed. The wayward son or daughter hasn't come home yet. The marriage is still hurting. God, the answer hasn't come. And the Lord says, I'm working in the process. Don't take my silence as a no." Perhaps you've been praying, crying out to God for an answer. Don't lose heart. What would Jesus say elsewhere? He said, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, right? He who asks, right, will find. He who seeks will find. Keep going after me. Don't lose heart. God hears the cry of the righteous. The miracle, someone needs to hear this today, the miracle is on the way. The miracle is on the way. Don't lose heart. Keep crying out. Keep going after him. One of the testimonies I shared a couple of weeks ago after we got back from Brazil, and I've seen this look on people I've prayed for over the years. There was a young woman that came forward, and, and uh, probably in her early 30s, she was legally blind in her right eye, and she told me that through the interpreter, she could only see 18% out of that right eye. And, uh, you know, so obviously she had been you know, diagnosed, treated for some time. And she goes, I've had this condition for a long time. And, uh, you know, she, she had that look. And I've seen that look in people. This look of, I want my miracle tonight. I want it now. God, I, I am desperate. She had that desperate look. And i start to pray. It takes a couple minutes. How are you doing? Well, not really much change so let's keep going after it. Keep praying, inviting the Holy Spirit's presence and power to come. Keep praying a little bit. How are you doing now? Well, I'm actually starting to see a little better out of it. And this went about three or four passes, and all of a sudden, tears start streaming down her eyes. She goes, I can fully see out of the eye now. Jesus broke through for her, but it took her desperation. It took her faith. It took her willingness, as well as my willingness, to keep praying until something shifted and something changed. Listen, grab hold of him and say, God, I'm not going to let go until you release the miracle, Father. Don't let your mind go to the places shared this so much the last few weeks. What about this one they didn't get healed or what about that if you go there you'll talk yourself right out of faith and everybody else out of faith. Stay in a place that you know that he is El Shaddai. God Almighty, the healer, the restorer, the deliverer, the Savior, stay in that place. Listen, maybe you're praying for some kids or grandkids and they're lost as lost could be and they're out there or whatever and just say, God, I am not going to stop, God. We're going to cry out day and night until you, Jesus, the hound of heaven, Holy Spirit, get a hold of them and they come back to Jesus Christ and give their life to you. God, I'm going to go after it, whatever it is. Silence from God is challenging. When he gives you a word you don't want to hear, that's even more challenging. He basically, you know, the disciples, they don't want her around. Jesus is basically ignoring her. Matthew 15, 23, the disciples, they're like, Lord, send her away. She cries out after us. Now, none of us as his disciples would ever send anybody away, would we? (laughs) I submit to you, we do it more than what we realize. We're too busy. We're too tired. I've been there. I've made, you know, look, I... Lord, you know, it's too hard, you know, they. They're so broken, I don't, I don't know, Lord, how you could do anything. I Just, just Lord, just, just send them away. I, I don't know, Lord. You see, when we're overtaken by a spirit of religion, how easy it is to forget about human suffering. Send her away. Send them away, God. And here we find the disciples saying, Lord, this woman is causing us an inconvenience. Tell her to leave. The disciples were restricted by a religious mindset. They were more concerned about religious protocol and their own rest. Their mindset was a hindrance to faith and healing. And sometimes we fall into that too. Well, it's getting late. The service is over and just send them away. Well, I understand. We all really get tired. We need to go eat. But sometimes maybe the Lord wants us to linger just a few more minutes and pray for them. Sometimes some of the folks we see out there that are so broken, he just wants us to come alongside and help them. Maybe that person in the workplace or a neighbor, whatever it is, right? We don't want to, yeah, it could be homeless. It could be whoever. We don't want to fall into that trap of send them away, Lord. I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. Or they're, I think they're maybe, Lord. We make judgments. I, you know, they're beyond hope, Lord. That's not, that's not God's heart. You see, religion apart from the leading of the Holy Spirit creates rules and legalism which inhibits God's grace and power to flow. He's looking to us to minister those in need. We've been anointed with the Holy Spirit to heal and deliver the oppressed. Now, so the disciples, the disciples are a little selfish. Again, we've, none of us have ever done this, right? We've never been selfish. But you know the answer that Jesus gives them is even colder? Gives her is even colder? Here she stands a short distance from Jesus, waiting for a positive answer. Then, in Matthew 15, 24, Jesus replies to the disciples, not even to her. It's like she's right there, and he looks right beyond her, right to the disciples as though she can't hear, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Talk about rejection. Talk about a reason to be offended with God. This woman had every reason to get upset. He's basically saying, my paraphrase, I'm not in Israel now or with my Jewish people, and she is not one of them. I cannot attend to her right now. Now, to really understand this, remember, Jesus even told the disciples. You can go back and look at this in Matthew 10, 5, and 6. He told the disciples, look, I'm sending you out. I told the 12, but listen, go first to the house of Israel because The message has to be brought to them first. It'll later be brought to the Gentiles. So Jesus is carrying out the same message. So he's actually doing what the Father has told him to do. Nonetheless, for that woman in that moment, all she's knowing is he's saying, Nope, I'm not here to minister to you. Sorry. Now, you need to know, Jesus is not racist in any way. (laughs) He is not exclusive in any way. But in this moment, he used this whole situation to allow a woman to keep pressing in before he released the miracle. Now, the Canaanite woman may have heard the dialogue and knew she wasn't welcome. She felt despised and rejection, and she easily could have left. But she persisted. That's the point. Jesus was allowing her to get past rejection and everything else and persist. Many people say, Lord, I have faith, but their faith and perseverance is shallow. Many grow weary and stop contending for the promise. Maybe it's divine healing. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the reason people aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit is because of control. You have to surrender to God and say, God, if there's more for me, Holy Spirit, you want to baptize me, shake me, roll me, have me speak in tongues, whatever God, do it. I want you. How desperate are you for God? How hungry are you for him? Sometimes we lose our faith in Perseverance and its finances, we need to see a breakthrough in again, or a family situation, or whatever. You know what Jesus was doing to the Canaanite woman? He was testing and revealing her heart. He was bringing her to the place where she didn't care. There, there was no shame. There was no "I'm a woman" or "I'm a gentile." None of it. She's like. I'm laying it all down, and I'm going after him. Perhaps you're in a similar place. God will and does test our hearts. He already knows, but he reveals to heal. He'll go deep, and sometimes he'll allow others to go deep. Sometimes he'll allow others to say a word in due season, and if you're not careful, you'll miss the Spirit of God on that word. And yet it's God's messenger and God's message to you in that moment. You have to be humble enough to recognize when the Spirit of God is talking to you through whoever and receive it and say, okay, God, I need to, I've had some of that this week. Like a couple of folks have shared some things. I'm like, okay, you're right. I was wrong there. I need to change in that place, right? We need to be humble enough to recognize, okay, I may need to change or to see God do the greater work, right? I want that. So like this woman, we need faith and perseverance. This woman knew Jesus had the power to heal. Again, she declares, you're basically the son of God. You are the Messiah that we've been waiting for. She had faith. But we also observe she's got this perseverance. Now let me read you a couple verses. Hebrews eleven six. I like what the writer of Hebrews says. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation and then a little from the Amplified. Here it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, that's foremost, and that he rewards those who, what, sincerely seek him. He rewards those who do, what, sincerely seek him. Now, the Amplified Classic Bible says it this way, that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. That English word diligent or sincerely comes from a Greek word, and it means to seek earnestly, to demand, to inquire, to bring charges against. Like a good lawyer bringing the law before a judge. You see, a law, the law actually equals a promise. It's as though we go before God, who is the just judge. Who wants to answer our prayer? And we say, God, this is what your promise says. It's like, Lord, and we come before him and say, God, your word says this, your promise says this. And God, I'm going to stand on that. And God, you back up your word, you watch over your word to perform it, God. And so, Lord, I'm standing on this. He is the Lord who heals, He is the Lord who saves. He is the Lord who provides. He is the Lord who imparts righteousness. But we have to act on it in faith from almost a legal perspective, demanding and seeking and requiring. Again, we do it in humility. We do it before him with a humble heart and a sincere heart, but but we stay in a persistent place. It's like the woman in Luke 8 The woman who had the issue of blood, same type of situation. She hemorrhaged for 12 years, spent all the money seeking a remedy. She was physically, emotionally, and financially ruined, but she pressed through the crowd to touch Jesus. You see, perseverance mixed with faith resulted in her miracle, and it's the same for you and I. Perseverance mixed with faith, saying, I'm not going to stop until I see the breakthrough. Several years ago on one of my ministry trips down to Brazil, I remember a family, and it, it just... It just so struck me that a whole, an entire family, it was like a man's wife, I think his, his, his mother and, and father were there and another, a couple of other people. I don't know if they were cousins or what. They bring this man, and this is a middle-aged man. Talk about the humility of this man to, to allow his family to bring him to the meeting, bring him up front, and actually tell me and say, listen, pastor, this, this son, this husband, this you know family member, needs help. I go, what's going on? Through the interpreter, what's going on? He's angry all the time. He's got suicidal thoughts, and the man's not like, yes, yes. You know, he's got even murderous thoughts, okay? I'm like, what? You know, I ask him, when did all this start? He goes, five years ago. I go, what happened five years ago? He goes, five years ago, I was in a construct. I was driving a a big construction vehicle, and there was an accident, and, and I was hurt, and I go, and I ask him this key question. Did you forgive the owner of the construction company or whatever. And he goes, no, I haven't. And that that act of unforgiveness that he felt justified to hold on to because there was an accident that was caused by his employer, he felt right to hold on to it. He's holding on to it. And now he is suffering with all kinds of terrible thinking. He's actually demonized. And I said, I lead him through. Some prayers of forgiveness. And the moment that he forgives this employer and everything, the power of the Holy Spirit hits him. We, I mean, he just, boom, he's out in the spirit. And then I began to lead him, and he begins to manifest the demon, began to lead him through deliverance, you know, casting out, you know, demons of rage, anger, murder, suicidal thoughts, all this kind of stuff. This guy within 10 minutes is completely free. And the look on his face, he is smiling and joyful, and happy, right? But what happened? What happened? There was a family that got desperate, right? And helped, sort of like my message last week. They brought the man to Jesus. He may have not been sure, but they got him there, and their perseverance brought a breakthrough for this guy. Now, here's one of the things that happens to us. We can get offended by God. This woman didn't give in to that. Rather, she came and worshipped him. You know, after all that, Lord, help me. She's sincere. She's going after it. But look at the response of Jesus in Matthew 15, 26. You know, she's not going to be deterred. And he tells her, look, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, to understand this, the Jews would call the Gentiles dogs. Jesus just made a racial slur to her. Jesus. In the culture of his day, he's basically telling her, I shouldn't give you what's promised to the children of Israel, to the Jewish people. I shouldn't even give you the crumbs. And he says that, and Matthew records it. I'm telling you, the hard sayings of Jesus, that's a whole other thing. What would you and I have done in that situation? I submit to you, many of us would have gone home offended. We'd have it all over social media today. He's a racist. He's a misogynist, whatever, right? He's horrible. Many think God doesn't love me. He gives to others, but I don't receive anything. Could it be that God is testing your faith and perseverance? Could it be the silence of God and even the offensive things that God is speaking to you is to bring you to a place where you will say, God, take it all I want to get rid of it. I want freedom. Whether it's for you, a family member, or whatever. Often we're trying to analyze dissect, comprehend the delays, responses, and mysteries of God apart from the revelation by the Spirit. Jesus was doing more than just testing the woman's faith. He was revealing an aspect of his messianic mission, as I shared earlier, first to the Jew. Is it possible that in God's plan and timetable, his silence or delay toward us is only due to a bigger plan that we don't comprehend? Is it possible the reason you haven't seen the answer in that situation is God's working something far greater? Amen. Pastor, are you saying he would delay healing? Yes, God will sometimes delay healing for individuals because maybe he's interested in getting to the heart issue of something. Or maybe it's the heart issue of a family member. I remember reading a in, in Dr. Charles Price's book, you can find this free out on the internet, "The Real Faith for Healing." He shared a story years ago. He was a well-known 20th-century uh, minister, healing evangelist, and sharing about how he prayed for a woman one time, and uh, her daughter needed some type of healing. It was, it was a severe situation, and the woman came like three nights in a row. He prayed for the woman. Every all these people are getting healed. Prayed for this daughter three nights in a row, and he's like, "Lord, what's going on?" And this is what the Lord. And the woman came by herself. Her husband didn't come. And the Lord spoke to him, asked her about her husband. And he did. And the woman's like, well, my husband's not right with God. Well, we're... And the Lord spoke to him. He said, tell her to have her, you know, bring, bring her husband tomorrow night, right? And so she did. She brought the husband, she came back. And he began to minister to the husband first, got him to a place where he repented of his sin, got his heart right with God, got things right with God. Then he prayed for the little girl and the girl was instantly healed. You see, sometimes there are things that God is working that are beyond what we understand. Now, the challenge comes when it's not just three or four days. It's three or four months, or it's three or four years. And I'm here to tell you, prophetically, sometimes God will say things like, soon. Sometimes he'll even say, very soon. You know that very soon with God could be 20 years from now? So what does it require? Us to stay in a place where we love him more than anything else. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your path. It doesn't say trust him when everything goes right. It doesn't say trust him when you get your answer. It says trust in the Lord always. Everybody say always. Always. One more time. Always. Always. It's usually in the mess, in the middle of the mess, and we're crying out, and it's like the swirl's going around, and it's like accusations by the enemy, and the swirl, everything's happening, and we're like, God, where are you? It's like I'm in the middle of the ocean, and there's a terrible storm, and there's a fog, God. Which way? And God's saying, hold on. Keep going. Because I'm Lord Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the breakthrough, and I'm about to break in. Jesus' response was strong. He says, it's not good to take the miracles, paraphrasing, of the kingdom that I have for the people of Israel and give them to foreigners like you. Listen, church, don't back away when you're seeking God for a miracle. I'm almost done. Pursue God. Press after him and wait patiently. Don't become offended at God. Or his messengers he may use to send in your path. You see, when we have offense and pride going on in our heart, what we do is we say, why, God? Rather than say, God, help me understand this. It's really illegitimate to say why to God. We should rather say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. Lord, help me have your perspective on this. I remember years ago, reading in a book, Experiencing God, Dr. Henry Blackaby was one of the author's and in the book he said, "This you don't know the truth of any situation until you've heard from Jesus. And that's such a good word. We don't know a lot of times. And so we just need to ask God, help us understand. Help me to understand the truth of this situation and where we are like now. Be like the Canaanite woman church. You must come to God and say, Lord, help me in this. Help me, Jesus. Help me understand what's going on here. Uh, Lord, I'm not giving up. I came to receive a miracle from you. Here I am. I'm seeking, searching, knocking. Lord, help my unbelief. You see, humility is part of the important ingredient to seeing your breakthrough. The Canaanite woman could have thrown herself a great pity party, could have returned home offended, but look what she said, Matthew 15, 27. Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Such wisdom. This woman obviously had some understanding that in the Abrahamic covenant that it included the Gentiles or that there would be a day that the Gentiles would be included. And she's reaching forward in time and saying, saying, Lord, I know we're not in that day right now, but God, I want it now. I want you to release it now for us. And she's saying, Lord, even if it's just the crumbs, please give them to me. I will take even a crumb of a miracle for to help relieve the suffering of my daughter. Again, the Canaanite woman looked prophetically to a day when God would pour his spirit upon all flesh, making one new man. Paul writes about this in Ephesians consisting of both Jew and Gentile, I think she knew that God's kingdom was available for all, and she was reaching in and going after it. I had a vision a few years ago, praying over this whole thing again, and and I saw bread and crumbs on the table. And I don't know about you, but when when I'm really hungry and I sit down, I don't necessarily want just bread and crumbs. Oh, don't look at me so piously. I think a little bit of meat might be good, you know, I'm, a nice salad too, okay, but a little bit more than bread and crumbs, right, and I'm looking at this, right, and all of a sudden, I realize, wait a minute, there was, I was a little bit offended that there was only bread and crumbs, and the Lord said many are offended because they see what I offer, and they're not happy with it, I go, oh Lord, forgive me, forgive us, when you're trying to release a crumb of a miracle or a breakthrough, and we're not grateful for it. Listen, praise God for every pinky that gets, you know, every small finger that gets healed. Praise God for the little things, right? An attitude of gratitude, right? And then all of a sudden, as I'm praying into this thing, all of a sudden, I see this big, happen to like cheesecake, although I shouldn't eat it. Anyways, I see this great, big, beautiful cheesecake there. I'm like, oh, that looks good. And God says, yes, be patient. Take his bread and crumbs, church. Listen, can you discern the hour in which we live? God's Spirit has been poured upon all flesh. He's given revelation, healing, miracles. They are to be the norm. Many even have prophesied of a day when all would be healed. What what do you want? What do you believe? Why wait for tomorrow? Let's pull on now, prophetically, what could be God is wanting to release, right? Let's go after it. Now's the time. Psalm 84.10, the psalmist declares, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to not be in your presence. Again, humility is needed to receive from God. God will resist the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. She not only had faith and perseverance, but she had discernment and humility. She persisted, and what happened, Matthew 15, 28? Then Jesus answered and said to her, and these words are so rich. If you could just sense now this tenderness. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire and her daughter was healed from that very hour. And you know, I, I can only imagine. Do you realize she had to maintain that great faith when she left his presence? She had to trust that what he had just said was already going to be done, right? And she had to leave there and believe that. Listen, in closing, I want to just share a couple things. Some, I, some points here, I think, to receive a breakthrough or, or a, a miracle or answer to prayer. Number one, must surrender pride. Allow the Holy Spirit to remove any hurt offense and bitterness from your heart, whether towards God or towards others. Sometimes hurt and offense towards God and others quenches the Holy Spirit from moving in our hearts and lives and bringing the answer to prayer. Secondly, we must also surrender our schedules and our agendas and humble ourselves before him. We must be willing to allow him to change us from within, and we must be willing um, to allow him to rearrange our idea of his timetable on how to do things, right? He knows, the Father knows the right timing. Listen, and, you know, and don't forget, we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting starting August 1st, August 21st. Fasting, David said, "I King David said, I humbled myself with fasting. Prayer and fasting is one of the ways we humble ourselves before God, and this is a great way to just come before him in August here, getting ready for the fall season, to say, okay, Lord, You know, here we are again, not just the first of the year, but Lord, let's let's recalibrate, let's finish this year strong. God, what is it that you have, right? And so God wants to change us, but again, we got to get in that secret place with him, as I shared some last week, and allow him to change us from within. He wants us to grow in the measure and stature of fullness of Christ, and that takes some humility and some surrender of our time and, and being with him. And so some keys to receive from God are faith, perseverance, and humility faith perseverance and humility folks listen would you go ahead and stand you doing all right today I know it's been a bit of an introspective message but I pray it's also a faith builder let's just take a moment get quiet before the Lord here as I close and if you want to pray a dangerous prayer pray with me okay if you're not sure about a dangerous prayer then be quiet all right Pray this, Father, I ask you to forgive me of any offense or bitterness I have toward you. You alone are God. I surrender my control and my understanding to your will and way. Forgive me of my pride and self-centered attitude. that I must know and understand everything instead of trusting you. I ask God for a gift of faith and perseverance to remain steadfast and persistent despite the silence and delays of the answer. Now, Lord... I come boldly to your throne, and I ask for my miracle and breakthrough in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray all over the room right now, whatever your need is, whatever it is, say, Lord, I, I, here it is. I lay myself on your altar. God, I'm asking. I cry out to you, Son of David. Let him know in your own words. That you can be quiet if you want. Maybe you need to be loud. I don't know. Son of David. You see this need, God. God, I keep persisting. I'm going to keep going after you, God. And God, if it's not answered today, I'm going to get up tomorrow, and I'm going to go after you just as boldly, God. And if it does not answer the day after, I'm going to keep going after you, God. I'm not going to get angry or offended with you, Lord, at the delay or the silence. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you love him, church? Come on, give him a hand clap. He's worthy he is worthy. So we will have our prayer team up here. If you'd like more prayer for healing or someone to agree with you in prayer about any situation, whatever, the team is happy and ready to pray. In fact, they, they don't care if they go to lunch. They'll stay here till two o'clock today. After today's message, they're not going to turn anybody away. Okay, no, just kidding. But listen, if you need prayer, whatever, come on up. If you need to go, go. We've got the coffee ministry out there. Take some time, get a cup of coffee and some Treats and fellowship with one another, amen? You doing good? The good news is today's is only supposed to be 109, so maybe we'll break that 110 streak, all right?